quite loud enough, but uh, we're go- I'm going to be very brief tonight. We've been in a series. Uh, if you were here with us this morning, um, I had the bright idea that I'd do two different sermons. Uh, so that's I'm excited about that. I'm glad we decided to do that. But this is really the last in a series of uh, we've been doing in Advent. where We've been looking at big themes that run throughout the Bible and how they find their ends in Jesus. And so this morning we talked about Jesus being the true king. Uh, we've covered uh, how he is our home, how he is our rest, how he is the true and perfect spouse. Uh, but tonight I want us to think a little bit about this theme of uh struggling to cover up our nakedness Uh, that might sound like kind of a weird thing to talk about on advent but i want us to think about how all of this comes together in jesus and so if you would for just a second imagine with me that if tonight you came in instead of me standing up to start the teaching or the sermon uh, you may not be aware of it but there's a screen back here behind this beam if the screen were to come down as you were sitting there and all of a sudden all the lights go out and on the screen is your face and it's your face with you telling everyone here Every single thought that you had in your mind this week. Everything that came across your mind. Uh, When you frustrated with your spouse, when somebody cuts you off in traffic, when the guy at work that annoys you is at your desk, whatever it is, everything that had come into your mind, not the things that you had said, but the things that you had thought were suddenly you on the screen, your face telling everyone here every thought you had throughout the week. If you think about that for just a second, how does that make you feel? What are the thoughts that come into your mind as you think about that? If if I stop and I think about that, that's terrifying. I don't know about you, but if I'm honest, I go, whoa, that'd be pretty scary. And it'd be scary, I think, if I really stop and think about it, is because all of a sudden all my stuff would be aired out. All the things that I often try to hide or pretend like I have together or I've got it all together, suddenly that would all be blown out of the water. You would see the truth. And what you would see is I'm messed up. I struggle every day in my thought life and the things that come through. But I want you to think about it. I think about it and I think, man, that'd be terrifying. I don't know if that resonates with you, that that might be kind of scary to see that. And so my question to you, if it does, is why? Why would that be so bad? Why would that be so scary? Why would it be terrifying? And I think the answer is, if we're honest or if I'm honest, is that we want to be loved and we want to be accepted. And the idea is if people actually knew everything about you, every thought, everything that goes through your mind, the thoughts that you you say that you don't or you think that you don't ever want anyone to know or suddenly up there, that would be really hard. It'd be scary. I think it would be very hard for that wanting to be loved and wanting to be accepted. We have this fear deep down that if we were truly known, then it would be hard for people to truly love us. And so I want us to think about this idea as we've been going through this series, because what we see in the Bible is this theme that runs through of man and women, men and women throughout all of history trying to cover up. Trying to cover the things that people wouldn't know all those things about us. And we see that all the way through this deep longing and this deep struggle that we have. And so I want to take just a couple minutes to think about that together as we see that through the Bible. That struggle that we see of covering up that people wouldn't fully see us as we are. 
And then I want us to just consider for just a minute how what we celebrate at Christmas answers that. What Jesus has done that answers that deep hiding, that deep sense of trying to cover up that no one would know those things. And so if you would, just like we've been doing the last couple of weeks, I, I want you just to go back and think about Genesis 1 and 2 for a second. Right? Every one of these themes that we've been going through every week, did it this morning, we go back to Genesis 1 and 2 and what we were created to be. We were created to be in God's immediate presence, knowing Him, loving Him, walking with Him face to face. And then we were created with other humans to love and have this relationship with them. But essentially, we can sum it up. We were created to love God and to love people. And God creates the first man and the first woman to do that. And it says they walked with God in the cool of the garden. And they spent time face to face with Him, truly being known and loved and accepted. And the same was true in their relationship with one another. And there's this incredible telling verse at the end of chapter two of Genesis. And it says this. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. They were known and they were loved and they were accepted and there was no shame. There was no hiding. There was no trying to cover up. When the Bible tells us they were naked and were not ashamed, it means literally they were literally naked, no clothing. But there's so much more to that statement. Not only were they physically naked, but they were not hiding in any way. There was nothing that they were, they were worried about the other knowing about them. Complete and total openness, complete and total acceptance and love before God and one another. Can you even imagine what that would be like? No insecurities. No worried about what people think. None of those sorts of things. And that's exactly the way we were created and the way they were made. And that's what we see in Genesis 1 and 2. But then in Genesis 3, as we see Adam and Eve decide that they can live on their own apart from God, that they can make some decisions without him, they sin. Sin is ignoring God and the world he created. And as they sin and they go against the very fabric of creation, they immediately know something is not right. And as they ignore God and the instructions he gives them and they decide, decide they can go out on their own, the first thing they do, they realize they're naked and they hide and they go and they seek to cover themselves because they know that there's something wrong. And as God seeks them out and he calls them, he says, where are you? And they're hiding and they tell them, they say, we're naked and he says, who told you that? And what are you doing? And he comes and he seeks them. And they continue to hide. And what we see throughout the Bible is that theme recurs over and over again. Psalm 139, King David struggling with the thought that God knows everything about him. Where can I go that you are not there? I go to the depths, you're there. I go to the mountains, you're there. I go to everyone, you know the words before I say them. And there's this panic in David that suddenly he realizes that the all-knowing God knows everything there is to know. It's a similar tone that's struck there in that Psalms that I think that we all would feel if the screen came down and suddenly you knew everything about us. And you see David wrestling with that. 
You see it in Isaiah 6 as Isaiah stands before the throne of God and he immediately says, Woe is me, I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. You see it in Ezekiel 16 as we see the theme of Israel's nakedness of being laid bare before God because of their sin. And it's repeated over and over again, this image we see in the Bible, that there's no hiding There's nothing that God doesn't know. No matter how hard we try to put on a good face and pretend like we've got it all together and put on the right clothes and smile and come to church. Come on Christmas Eve, smile. God knows all of it. He knows every bit of our being to our soul. And we know this in us. Romans 1 tells us that our conscience bears witness. That even if we've never been to church, even if we've never read the Bible, even if no one's ever instructed us in what God says, our conscience bears witness that something's wrong. And so we try to cover it up. And we do this over and over again. I don't think I even have to work that hard to really convince you that that's true. If you're honest with yourself, I think you probably go, yeah. I'll give you one example Maybe that helps to illustrate it a little bit. How many of you that use social media post a completely accurate representation of your life? On your Instagram or your Facebook or whatever, Twitter. How many of you post pictures of yourself laying on the couch in your underwear eating ice cream? How many people show a post a video of you losing your temper with your kids or your spouse? Or how often do we put pictures up that accentuate all the most unflattering features? Yeah, never. Yeah, I don't either. We don't do that because we want to be loved and we want to be accepted. So we always seek to put our best face forward. And we work really hard to do so. Often failing. We pretend like no one sees it, but we often are failing in doing it. And so I want you just to think about that. We see that theme all throughout the Bible. And I say that and you go, okay, I'm so glad I came to the Christmas Eve service to be told that I'm a failure and I'm hiding it. Right? And you go, whoa, thanks a lot. What does that have to do with Advent? And what does that have to do with Christmas? And I would say to you, it has everything to do with Christmas. It has everything to do with what Jesus has done for us and what we celebrate when we come here together. See, the truth is that the story that we celebrate is that God knows all of that about you. He knows every single thing that you hope no one knows. There is nothing hidden from his sight. He knows all of your mess, every bit of it. But yet what we celebrate is he willingly left his throne, his rightful place of continual worship to be born into poverty in the middle of nowhere so that he could save us. Despite knowing all of that. Yet while we were sinners, he comes and seeks us out. As Matthew one twenty one says that he could save his people from their sins. And so he comes to deal with our sin 
and our guilt and our shame and our hiding and he enters in. And he loves God and he loves people and he shows us what that looks like perfectly in every way. And then he goes and he willingly lays his life down for us, taking on yours and my sin. Your shame and your guilt and the things that you hide and the thoughts that you have and the things that you pretend that you have together. Jesus comes and says, give all of it to me. And he takes all of those things that you thought if anyone ever knew, they would never love you. And he says, I love you that much that I will take all of it. And then he bears the wrath of God on your behalf and mine, and he takes all of it. But he doesn't stop there. Oftentimes, that's where we stop. We say, Jesus died for our sins, and that is true, and that is wonderful, and we should rejoice over that. But he not only died for our sins, he came and he lived the perfect life. He did everything perfectly. He loved God and he loved people and he did it all perfectly and he came to the end of it. And then what he did is he said, I am now going to take my righteous life and I am going to cover you in my righteousness. He doesn't just take our sins. He clothes us. So when the father looks at you by grace through faith and what Jesus done, you are made new. And you are clean and you are perfect in his sight. And all the things that we seek to cover up and to hide are no more because of what Jesus has done. Romans 4 says, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sins. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. In Jesus, you can be known completely and totally and loved and accepted. The greatest gift that God has given us. And so as we celebrate tonight, may that be at the heart of what we're singing, of what we're encouraging one another with, what Jesus has done for us. Pray that you wake up tomorrow know, knowing that in Christ you are known and you are loved to the very core of your being. So let me pray for us and then I'm going to give you some instructions about how we can come and take communion together tonight. Lord, we thank you for the glorious truth of the gospel. We thank you that you know everything there is to know about us and that you love us and that you've come to us, that you've done what we could never do for us. And so we just simply say thank you. I pray this morning or in the morning as we wake to celebrate Christmas, that we would just be overwhelmed with this gift that you've given us, that we have been adopted into your family, that we are loved and accepted and made new. And it's all because of what you've done for us. We love you and we thank you and we pray all of it in Jesus' name. Amen.